Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Love Your Truth podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jen Chrisman, and I am here with my co-host, Matthew Carolyn. Good to be back. Hello, everybody. We have taken a little bit of a hiatus. We're working on some technical issues. Our microphones that we're working with, for whatever reason, are not up to my standards. They're making me crazy. (laughs) We're doing the best we can, um, hoping to get this all sorted out. But we did want to get back here and follow up with our last episode where we were answering some of the questions that were given to us. And since then, we have gotten a few more questions, which is actually really fun. And I'm really enjoying this style and looking forward to continuing to use this format as we move forward with the podcast. Yeah, I'm really, I loved doing that last time. I think it's really exciting and um, hopefully really helpful. Yeah. So why don't we just dive right into some of these questions. We do have quite a few questions and limited amount of time. (laughs) So let's get right into it. The first question we have, someone is asking, and all of these questions are anonymous, just so you know, I will share the link in the show notes. If you have a question you want to ask, you're welcome to send it to us directly on Instagram to either one of us or you can use the link that's in the show notes to ask this question anonymously. So this one is an anonymous question. And this person is asking us to explain and talk about integration. What is it? Why is it important? And when do we integrate? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And probably the most important (laughs) question of, you know, and most important piece of any healing journey. Um, To me, integration means like bringing new awareness or new consciousness into this reality, into your life, right? For example, if the medicine shows me that I'm not being patient enough, right? And that I can be more patient, right? Um, I actually don't just miraculously become patient, right? There's, but it's in my awareness and in my consciousness for me to work on being more patient, right? And so when are we integrating or when do we integrate? We're always integrating, right? It's a never ending, never unfolding process that we get to go through on our healing journey to become better versions of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, the integration is applicable to like Matt said, every aspect of a healing journey, it is most often, I think right now talked about in regards to plant medicine, ceremonial work. And when you're embarking on that journey, oftentimes you'll work with some sort of an integration coach. Maybe you're doing post ceremony preparation and then post ceremony integration, but we can bring integration. Ideally we're bringing integration into all opportunities of our life whenever we're in situations where we're doing deep learning and we are experiencing and developing new understandings of ourselves, of the world around us. This can be, you know, how often are we, do we go to a retreat or I know the, my fellow coaches who are part, you know, go to these big events and you're so inspired and you're so moved by the speakers and people are jumping up and down shouting and you walk away and you have so much life and you have so much energy and you can't wait to get back and work on your business. But a few days after this experience, you're back into your old routines and it's because you haven't integrated whatever that experience was for you. And so again, integration as right now, in the and we're most often hearing it in regards to plant medicine, but really it's any experience that creates a a shift in awareness and understanding, even with therapy, right? When I was practicing as a therapist, I would meet with my clients once a week. We had one hour out of an entire week and there are a lot more hours available. And ideally those hours that are spent outside of that one session are spent integrating whatever it is that we were talking about, that we were working on taking these more profound 
experiences and making them a part of your everyday life. Yeah, I think that's so important to make it an everyday part of your life, right? The, you know, when when I have that with a client inside of a session, before we close the session, we always talk about, okay, what's that going to look like? How can we practice integrating that over the next week? We come up with different scenarios and, and talk about different tools and, and how to continue to be aware of it and how to keep it at the forefront so that we're working with it. And then in our next session, the first question I ask is, how has it been integrating, right? Because some tools will work and some tools won't work. Some, you know, and so we discuss that. And so we find ways to integrate for each for each person and for each kind of new awareness that that happens that needs to be integrated, we practice. So it's very much a practice, I believe. Yeah. And I think it, you know, we often say too, inside of the medicine space that the medicine does about 10% of the work and the other 90% of the work in changing lives is how we integrate that 10%. And it's so important because oftentimes people, you know, we want the quick fix. Like we do. I, I think any one of us, if we're being really honest with ourselves, can step forward, raise our hand and say, yeah, I don't want to have to work. I want it to just be done for me. And this is what brings a lot of people into different healing experiences, different healing containers, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, is they think I'm going to take this substance and it's going to change me. It's I'm going to walk away. I'm going to be a different person. And that's just not how it works. The change and the transformation happens not necessarily with what the the medicine does, but what we do with what we are shown and experiencing from the medicine. So, yeah. And I, I think the, uh, you know, what happens oftentimes, you know, and I can actually relate to this. I believe this is what exa- exactly what happened to me. And I, and I see it so often with other people as well. The first time doing medicine, um, there is something miraculous that happens, right? We get connected to a part of ourselves that is so true and so connected with earth and, and other people and our loved ones that we feel like healed. We feel changed because we've connected to this part of ourselves that is so real and so authentic. However, without integrating what that actually means and like how to work with that continuously, like you were saying, over the course of a week, a month, a year, that feeling fades and we go back to the way things were before, right? And so that we get the miracle and then we kind of let it slip through our fingers, you know? And, and that was exactly the situation with myself, you know, and I see it happening with with others as well. But integrating that helps us stay connected to that kind of miracle, if you will, or that blessing of of feeling connected and um, authentic. Why don't you share a little bit along those lines of what your integration looked like when you when you came to that realization that you hadn't integrated and that you were being asked and you know continue to be asked to integrate? What does that actually look like? Um. <clears throat> For me, it's more of like around, okay, right. I'm getting information. I'm being shown certain things and shifts that I can make, um, you know, and they very much feel like a universal truth, right? But if I, for me, what it means is holding that, right? Of sitting with it, working with it, right? Writing it down when I receive it so that I don't forget it. And then I actually don't share about it or teach about it until it's fully, not even fully, until I really understand what what it meant, right? Because I'm practicing it, I'm working with it, um, and kind of sitting and holding this teaching. And how does this actually relate to me? How can I use this to my benefit? Um, And so after a certain amount of time of practicing with it, sitting with it, uh, integrating it, right, and really understanding how it affects me, and, and re- recognizing the positive shifts that it's created in my life. 
then I, I can share it with another person, you know, then because I understand it completely, I, I know the nuances, I understand the ins and the outs and, and what comes up within me and what can come up within us as we're practicing. Uh, so then it can be taught from that place. Yeah. I think as we're talking about this and this might, I don't know, this might ruffle some feathers or people might get a little bit offended or triggered by this. But I actually think integration is changed behavior. A thousand percent. I think that if if nothing in your life is changing, if you're the way of being in the world isn't changing, then you're not integrating. Because you can know, we can know it in our heads. We can understand it. We can see it. We can have those experiences that you know, those miracle moments of there's no more question anymore. I know this, but I can still go back into my everyday life and nothing is different. Who I'm being isn't different. The, my external reality might not be different. And to me, I think that is an indication without judgment it's just an indication that there's another level of integration that is being asked. And I think in that way, we can also associate integration with embodiment, yeah. right? Deepening into that, the wisdom that only comes from walking the talk. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Our one of our teachers always says, like, if Jesus comes to you in a vision and says, "You're amazing, and I love you, and you're gonna do great things," right, and then you go home and you know walk past the homeless guy without even acknowledging him, you right cut someone off at the cash register because you're so amazing, right? Like, there's like this entitlement that comes, right? You're missing the point, right? Like, what is it? Like, what is the purpose of like, what is the feeling, right? Okay, Jesus came to me, told me I'm amazing, right? How can I work with that? How can I integrate that into my life to be beneficial for the changed behavior, like you said? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is, I mean, and this might be really controversial too to say, but I, I think it's very true. The problem with so with religion, actually, is that there are so many people who consider themselves religious, but the way that they're living their lives has no, isn't rooted in any of the principles that are associated with that religion. And to me, right, integration is when we're able to actually apply these principles, whether it be principles of religion, spirituality, morality, the, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that's actually a really good segue into the next question, one of the questions that we have on there around, like, how do you know which lineage, which path to take? Yeah. So here I'll pull up the question it says, when there's so much in the spirituality space, how do you determine which path to follow or to take? How do you weed out the noise that's out there, especially since it seems so trendy these days? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it ties into exactly what you were, were closing the integration question with, right, around religion and spirituality. How do we know which path to take, right? Well, let's just discuss religion and spirituality for a second, right? Religion is somebody else telling you what your relationship with God should be like. Spirituality, to me, is deciding for yourself what your relationship with God is, what your relationship with the universe is, creator, all of the things, right? Um, and so along those lines, I think it's important to try multiple things, right? And see what actually feels good. What am I relating to? What is making sense? You know, for, for me and my experience, right? I'll share just really briefly, but um, there is certain lineages of spirituality that I don't connect with, right? Uh, do they work and do they, of course, absolutely. They're beautiful practices, you know, with uh, Buddhism, Taoism, 
uh, right, Hindu, right, the that form of chanting and all of those things. And but that doesn't resonate with me, right? It doesn't. I'll try it, and it'll feel good sometimes. But it's not like it wasn't the thing that was like, oh my god, full body, yes, right. When I started studying Umbanda, which is the esoteric study of the forces of nature, right, everything in my body made sense. There was like a feeling of like, oh, wow, like this, like it's speaking my language. I understand it. It's resonating. Um, And so I I think that's the most important piece is to try it, like really sit with it and be with it and give it a fair shot and see what resonates with you and what is true in your heart. Um, And that's where you'll find what you're looking for. You know, and it can be a combination of multitudes of things. It doesn't always need to be one specific lineage. You know, I think it's important to, you know, if you are in medicine spaces, I think it's important to sit in a bunch of different kinds of ceremonies. You know, if you've, you know, and I also understand the biasy towards the first time, right? And how that feels like it's, the right way. And then we go to another place and it's so different that we're like, "Uh, I don't know, this doesn't, right. But it's, so try another one, try a different one Um, and really kind of broaden the, the scope you have so that you can have a bunch of different opinions and and have a bunch of different experiences um, to find that one that is really calling you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just kind of want to speak to what I'm feeling like in the background of this question where, you know, the question is asking, there's, there's so much in the spirituality space. How do you determine which path to follow or to take? How do you weed out the noise that's out there, especially since it seems so trendy these days? And, you know, underneath this question, what I hear is the longing or the pull to know what the right answer is. And when we're looking for the right answer, that is most often where when we find ourselves in a place of confusion, because there are so many paths and you can talk to a hundred different people and a hundred different people are going to give you a hundred different ways of finding yourself, you know, going back to God, whatever that might mean or look like for you. And so in this process right? Like Matt is saying, the invitation is sovereignty. The invitation is to look within and, and to ask yourself, does this feel true for me? Does this feel right for me? Does this bring me closer to a place of faith and devotion and acceptance and compassion Or is this taking me down a path of judgment and shame and fear and guilt, which let's be honest, can be woven into many spiritual paths, spiritual teachings. And if that is what is right and true for you, far be it for myself or Matt to tell you that that's wrong. But the invitation again here is is personal experience. And how do I, how do I find God? You know, for someone like myself who comes from a very strong religious trauma and at a very young age, because of the religious trauma became an atheist. I turned my back on God and I turned my back on anybody who believed in God I was completely shut off and unavailable. And um, I won't get into all of that right now, but in my early 20s, I, I realized there was such an emptiness in my life and I was depressed and I was anxious and I was deep in my eating disorders and all of the things that come from, from the hollowness of not having something to believe in, something bigger than yourself. And so for me, when I embarked on this journey, I had to take the tiniest baby steps. And the only way that I could find to connect with God was nature, 
was to go down to the beach and be reminded that I can't tell the waves to stop crashing. And so therefore there must be something bigger at play than me. It was to look for and get lost in the fascination of the geometry inside of plants and to see how there's all of the synchronicity inside of the natural world. These were ways that I was able to start to find something, some resonance, some, some beauty. And, and through that process, I then began to consciously seek out and look for people, teachers, books, podcasts that supported what I was looking for. I was looking for something more. I was looking for an understanding. I was looking for a way that was accessible to me. So for me personally, going into a evangelical Christian church, I wasn't going to find what I was looking for there. And so I had to go to softer landing places for me. And so as we're going through this, it's again, it's not necessarily right or wrong. And this is the place that you find it. This place is is not it. It's what am I available for? What can I connect with? What can I land with? Yeah. And I think that's part of the question also, right? Around like, how do I know which one, which one with all the noise out there, right? I think that can also mean like, how do I, who do I know how to trust? Like, how do I know if this person is trustworthy that I'm following, that I'm about to, you know, jump into a, a program with and things like that? Um, and so I think I'll, I'll share some like questions that would be useful in that process as well, right? If if you're looking for a teacher or a community or a place to study um, that feels safe, how do we know it is safe, right? How do we know it's trustworthy? Well, I think a couple of of good things to keep in mind and to keep your eye out for in when listening to people is, uh, you know, do they do they share their humanness? It is, are they, can they really see themselves in all of aspects of their humanness or do they have all of the answers that you need, right? Do, is there room for your answer and what you believe inside of a conversation with them, right? Or do they hold all the power, right? Those are things to be looked for, right? If somebody, you know, is telling you, right? This is the way it is. And you need to do this. And you, right then that should, to me, is a red flag, right? So finding people and lineages that, like Jen was saying, right? There's space for you to explore individually, right? If, you know, it's not, right, going to the ocean and noticing that the waves, I can't stop the waves crashing, right? Gives you this feeling, but the person's like, oh, no, right? This is that actually, right? This means that, right? It's, it's, uh, that's not, to me, that's not it. You know, that's not someone that I would want to be working with or around, right? It's, there should be room for your own personal experience. And, you know, I, I love, love, love what, one of our our teachers said to us when I asked him if he would be willing to support me, and he said, "Yes, of course, if you would be willing to teach me as well." You know, and I think that 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 taught me so much about you know how to be in relationship with people around such sensitive to- topics, right? When we're seeking the truth within ourselves. Um, because I think that's the power of spirituality and following your sovereign trusting self is that's what we get. We get the freedom to explore and try out and, and experience divinity within our own bodies, you know? And so someone that can support that process, right. By asking, well, what do you think it meant? What do you think that means for you? And what a, you know, and and kind of helping you refine what's already happening within you. 
not telling you what to do, right? There's like a, so humility is a big, a big piece of that, right? When we're searching and looking for places to study, humility, open transparency, honesty. Having a teacher themselves. Ha- yep. Does my teacher have a teacher? And who are their and teachers? who are their teachers? Are they willing to tell you who their teachers yeah, are? Amen. That's one of the things that I've noticed inside of this space that there can, like when spiritual ego is at play, there's like, there's a withholding that happens, right? It's like a, and that's the ego, right? Mm-hmm. I can't let someone else have access to th- this information because then somehow it takes away from my power. And so are they willing to share with you where they learned yeah. what they know? Yeah, that's a huge piece to, of it too. Thank you for for adding that. Mm-hmm. Does that feel complete? Should we move it on does. to the next one? Yeah. Yeah. There's so there's so much actually yeah. <laughs> with the the spirituality and the the space and um, I know, especially for me, you and I have had this conversation so many times of just how how much untangling for me I've had to do around religion and spirituality and being okay with what I believe, being okay with not knowing what I believe. Um, I mean, I feel like I could talk about this one for hours. Yeah, same. One one last kind of final thought with this is right when no matter which lineage you pick, right, or decide to walk down or whatever one is resonating with you, right, I still would suggest studying other ones because what what I have found by doing that in that process is let's call them like an I'll call it the astral map, right, and every different religion, Christianity, Muslim, uh, Judaism, all of them, right? And spirituality studies, they all have their own astral map, let's call it. And then if you were to lay each astral map on top of each other, you would find so many similarities, right? The same type of, of, of spirit energy that they're talking about would match up with so many others. It's just called by a different name. And just to clarify, when you when you say astral map, you're referring to like the path to God. Yes. Right. So starting at the kind of at the bottom, if you will, you have humans mm-hmm. and then kind of making the way up of spirit guides, angels, archangels, guardians, deities. Yes. God. God right. And right? and what all I have the- yeah. All of the things. Thank you. Yes, for the clarification. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know there's so many wars fought over whose God is correct, right? And 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 all of my studies and all of my practices, it's, I think that's so. Uh, it's so hard because at the top of every astral map is the same God, every religion, every lineage of spirituality, every single one believes in a creator. Like there was something that created someone, some entity, some spirit, some being that created Earth and all of us, and everything under it. And every single one believes that. But yet we fight over because it's a different name, right? But we, every single one has a, the belief that there is one sole creator. And, and, you know, so it's, that to me is like such a, why I believe spirituality is the thing that is, is so healing because it can bridge the gap between your opinion and my opinion when we look at it through that lens of like where's the similarity how can i match this up with something i believe and that resonates for me and find common ground there and i think too like for me on this path my the ask for myself is to remain humble and to remain actually in a place of not knowing to humble myself enough to actually be okay with the fact that I believe this, but what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Right. I was talking about this with a girlfriend the other day who, um, so this shouldn't come as a big surprise. Anybody again, come from religious trauma, but the path of Christianity is not my path. I have come so far in my healing to a point of like really having reverence and 
appreciation for the role of Jesus in humanity and embracing a path of Christ consciousness. However, I don't, I don't subscribe to, uh, and I don't live by, you know, the, the teachings of traditional Christianity. However, I am the first person and more than willing to say, I could be totally wrong, right? Jesus is the savior. That could be, that could be the one and only way, but I am humble enough to say, I don't actually know. Maybe, maybe there have been other things that I have found that bring me more comfort and more connection than that particular belief system. But who am I to say that that's, that is or is not it? Yeah. yeah, I love that, which I think this is so great. You're just like laying out these amazing segues into and the next question, which I remember reading around, uh, it was directed at me. How do you know? How do I know? Yeah. Right. So the question is, the things that Matt shares his teachings and his wisdom, it's not always believed at first because of how accurate it is or ends up being. So there's sort of a perception of how does he even know? Yeah, right. And I think what you were just talking about is such a good segue into this, right? Because it's for me, it's not actually about knowing. It's, it's not that I know, right? It's that I trust. Right. I, I receive information in many different ways, right? Through different medicines, through different spirit guides in different ways, right? And what I've come to learn, right, is there's over the course of years, there has been enough evidence and to support me trusting what's happening right and so it's more of a place of trust than knowing because the the trust comes from right if 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 it is not right right if it is a mistake right this teaching that doesn't actually land or it caught it's like uh i don't know how i want to say this um it's like a trusting the process of being able to figure it out Right. So here's this teaching. Does it land right for this person? It, it does sometimes. Right. And it lands really hard. And they're like, holy shit, like, wow, amazing. Right. But that same teaching might not land for someone else. And if it doesn't land for that person, right, there's a trust that me and that person are going to be able to find the right thing that is going to help them understand. Right. So it's not about knowing or yeah, it's not about knowing a specific outcome, right? It's about trusting the container and trusting the relationship with people that are that I'm working with to be able to figure it out, whether it happens right away or eventually, like we're going to get there. Yeah. And this is something we've talked about this before, but this is something that you and I can sometimes butt heads yeah, against um, because- you have an approach that can that can be a little bit more declarative. Yeah. This is it. This is what this means. This is this teaching. Mm-hmm. Whereas I uh like I get really like it, when that happens, like I I kind of clamp up whenever whenever someone is like this is what it is, I'm always like it's always kind of a a hard stop for me. Because I think it's really, really important that we create space and that we really, really clarify that this is what it is for For me. Yeah. And period, end of story. And it doesn't like, because my truth, my experience, what I know to be a true about my life, about myself, about the world, about what I believe is based entirely on my own perception, my own experiences. And two people, you and I 
can go into a situation seemingly having the exact same experience and walk away with two very different truths about that experience. Mm. And sometimes, and this is like the real, I love this part of it. It's really beautiful and it's really cool when there is a shared collective experience, right? Like we're all walking away with like, yeah, that was what I felt. That was what I experienced. And, and there's comfort in that place. But again, I think more than anything, the importance here is, is learning to create the humility and the space to be able to say, this is true for me. It may or may not be true for another single person in the world. Yeah. Yeah, no, true. And I, and right where I'm like, yes, that is so true, right? Of of 1000%, right? Um, I would also say that like most of my, my teachings are earth teachings, they're earth wisdom, right? And right, science, not faith, right, show has can show us and prove that every particle in our being, every atom, every cell came from earth, right? At one point it was a river, a seed, a dust, a ling, it's all this collective, right, recycling that happens, creating these living organic things, life, right? Life itself. Right. We are organic beings yes. in the same way that the earth and the stars are. Are, yes. Um, right. And, and so like, uh, without going too deep into that, if that is a question you do want me to go deeper into, please put it in the comments. But for now, I will avoid going deep into that process. But right. So we are we are made up of the same things. Right, of life. All things that are living are made up of the same organic materials. So we can learn from them, right? Example, right? Uh, and this is what I believe like can apply to everybody because it's not a teaching around this is what you need to do. It's just the teaching of of an opening to of a thought process to look at within yourself individually, right? Because what is true, right? Is it true that the height and size of a plant, right? How tall and how big a plant grows is directly related to the soil that it's growing in, right? If you have a pot that is just full of one inch of dirt and soil, right? How big can that tree get? Right? Not very big, right? If there's, you're trying to grow a garden next to a dump with plastics and you know, all kinds of hazardous materials. What's going to grow there, right? So, right, that is a truth that everyone can be like, yeah, I can see that. I get that. I understand that, right? And so applying that to ourselves, what does my soil look like? What is the foundation in which I'm growing from? What is at the core of who I am that is maybe toxic, that is too small, right? And how can I clean that up so that my growth can, I can grow even more. I can expand even bigger, um, right? And so those are the type of teachings, which I think, right? There's room in there for you, for people to take that in through whatever filter they need to relate to themselves. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, let me look at that, right? And so different earth teachings, you know, they they are relatable. And I think that's kind of what, this person may be asking about is like, you know, and how do I know it's, well, I don't know. It's just, I study this and like, this is what I've conceptualized and have been shown right through uh, my own growth experience. I'm a very visual learner. And so I, the medicines, guides, angels, they teach me in very visual ways like that, right. Where I can see it happening in nature and then relate it to myself. Um, and again, like we were talking in the first question, I sit with that and I really like, am with that energy and with that teaching for months, years, sometimes, uh, before I fully understand it. And that, and only then is that when I'm like, here, like, okay. Right. Because I can, I, I can fully understand the energetics of it and what and how I can like deliver it so that it can be digestible 
for for everybody to run through their own filter so that it's not like you were saying oh it's this way it's this is the teaching there's deliverable in a way that is like metaphorically available for each individual to to try it on in their own unique way yeah and and i think that like similar to the the other questions too the underlying theme behind this question is what you were saying in the beginning about it's about trust right that you you do have a very secure attachment if i for lack of a better word but you have a secure attachment with your faith with your relationship with your belief system and um, whereas someone like myself, or maybe the person who's asking this question is a little bit more skeptical, right? We don't have the same, um, right, the same blind faith. Like I have to work so freaking hard to hold on to my faith, like so hard because my rational, logical mind, my egoic mind wants to turn my back on possibility on the unseen, even though I have so many firsthand experiences at this point in my life, right? Like I've seen so much, it seems so silly that I would still have questions and doubt and fear and insecurity. Whereas I think really like to answer this person's question, like, how do you know? It's because you trust. Yeah. And, and, what do I trust actually? Right. And this is, I think an important piece to this, right? Because what I can, what I trust is something that everybody is capable of. Everybody has this, uh, capacity within them. I am not special or unique in any way in this regard, but what I trust is I trust the relationship between the teacher and the student within myself. So I allow myself to be the teacher as long as I continue and will always be the student of that teacher that is learning, right? So there's an internal relationship between a teacher and a student within me that is always studying, always learning, always observing, always trying new things, always making mistakes, always not getting it right and learning along the way. And so we, you know, and that is actually one of my, my goals in working with people that I share in the, in our early stages of working together is my goal is to connect the student and the teacher within you so that you can have that relationship where there is so much trust. And I think along those lines, so again, you said something that's so important, which we touched on before, which is that the student, both the student and the teacher within has to be willing to make mistakes. mistakes yeah. And again, for, for many people, and like, and I think behind these questions, there is that fear of being wrong. What if, what if the student learns this from this teacher within and the teacher is wrong, right? They taught the wrong thing. They believed the wrong thing. Um, and so there has to be, you know, the the inner healing and the inner work to be able to hold and comfort and soothe those parts of us that are so afraid of making a mistake that don't give space to learning, to to not knowing, to to learning something and then changing our minds, right? And what was once true may or may not be true later on down the road. Yeah. I think a big part of me being able to trust that relationship is actually having those experiences where I have had to go back, right. Either call a client or, you know, someone that I'm working with and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I shouldn't have said it that way. Right. And, and by cleaning up the mistakes, owning, acknowledging and writing the wrongs is what will help create that trust. Right. And, and in that process, right, if, you know, if any of my, the people I work with are listening, right, that have had that experience with me where they have received that, you know, apologetic 
call it writing of the wrong, right? What did it do for the relationship between us? Right. It, it strengthened it so much, right? Because there's a there is the human in me, right? You're I you get to see the student teacher process um in real time, you know, of of look, yeah, this is where I went wrong. I shouldn't have said it that way. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. This is what I, you know, how I actually what I should have said the first time. And I apologize, right? And and so it's it's kind of that you know, being transparent and allowing people to see the process, which I'm hoping these questions and and this podcast can also do um, is, is help shed some light into the transparency of, of the work that I do and we do uh, as well so that people can see what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like, again, we can keep going on this topic and it opens up more doors and especially in regards to, um, learning to be okay, making mistakes and taking responsibility, cleaning up our, you know, cleaning it up. Um, we are out of time actually for today. And I know you want to, looks like you want to end on something. <laughs> yeah, it was. So in closing, I kind of wanted to share something that I wrote uh, about a week ago. I, I wrote it on what is known as uh, National Umbanda Day in Brazil. Right. It's a day celebrated and honoring the esoteric study of the forces of nature, part of the lineage that I study. And there, this, what I wrote had been growing in my heart for quite some time. Um, and I figured that would be a good day to let it go, to put it out, get it out of my heart and onto paper. So I'll read it now. Uh, as long as I can remember, I've always believed that miracles were possible. But that belief was not based solely on faith, since I had personally not seen or experienced one. Then a few years ago, I was introduced to a spiritual path, one rooted in the esoteric study of the forces of nature, and the miracles started happening, so much so that I actually sought guidance on how I could get them to stop. As crazy as that sounds, miracles were new to me, and they were starting to create some fear around my mind's inability to rationalize what was happening, and how could this even be happening in the first place. The miracles I was witnessing and experiencing completely shattered my reality and what I thought was possible in this life. The guidance I received was to trust myself to be able to listen and follow my heart down whichever road it leads me. This road of trust has led me to some amazing experiences, but most importantly, it's led me to a deeper understanding of purpose, meaning, and connection to some of the most inspiring, authentic, loving, and beautiful souls a Viking on his path could ask for. I have since moved through all, or most of my Catholic programming that was creating the fear around the prayers that were finally being answered through this spiritual path. While I will always remain a joyful student of this infinite and continuous work, I have reached a place of understanding within myself, which may be useful for others as well. I have been guided both abruptly and gracefully to this place of understanding who I am through the lens of the natural world. Like our Fauna family, we also grow upwards and outwards. How high we grow and expand is directly related to the soil or foundation in which it grows. When I first started this work, my soil was so contaminated with inauthenticity, lies, addiction, people-pleasing, self-abandonment, and self-absorption. While each of these forces of nature have offered their guidance and teachings, it has been my connection to what I now understand to be my spiritual mother and father represented by the elements of the fire and the wind that have been the most present on this path. The fires of the warrior burning away all that is not just and true, teaching me how fierce the fire can be in the face of injustice, while also showing me how a stable and contained fire can bring warmth into a home and bring a community to circle around it. While the winds guide and direct the symbolic fire to the places needed for miraculous transformation and rebirth to happen, the wind works through movement, teaching us to keep moving and dancing through life. Movement and dance are the conduit to the protection, guidance, and grace of her motherly love and fierceness. 
The teachings and understandings have clearly shown me that honesty, transparency, integrity, and a willingness to acknowledge when one is out of alignment is the way to keep my soil free from contamination and keeps the door open to the outpouring of nutrients that spiritual studies provide for us. This is what God and my highest self ask of me. The invitation is to tend to your soil and find the things within yourself that are of the utmost importance for your development and growth. For me, I'm not perfect and can be extremely hard on myself when I catch myself slipping in one of these foundational characteristics that in the past would throw me into a spiral until it all unraveled and I was back where I started hiding all of the shameful things I've done, which leads me to the simplest yet most difficult teaching for me to integrate. That teaching is grace. God and his army of warriors and powerful beings have been and will always be fighting for us and on our behalf. It doesn't matter how many times we need to revisit a lesson or how many mistakes we make. It doesn't matter to them how long it takes us to get it or become some version of ourselves we think we need to be. They fight for us and support us out of love. The grace they show us while we're learning and growing is the most powerful teaching they offer. I'm learning to give myself the grace that these divine forces of nature give so freely to all of us. I'm working on allowing this type of grace for myself and for all beings. In closing, I would like to say thank you to all of my mentors and teachers, past, present, and future that have helped me, inspired me, reminded me, shown me, heard me, and see me. To the ones who hold these points of light for us to study and do our work, I love you and I thank you. Mother Nature offers a bridge between faith and knowing. Crossing this bridge can be challenging at times. However, the reward is being a witness to miracles. It's having a direct connection with divinity that offers protection, guidance, and grace on our journey to remembering that we too are miracles. Amen. Oosh, oosh. And on that, I think it is a beautiful opportunity for us to wrap this up for today. Thank you for sharing your questions with us. If you have other questions, again, I'll leave the link in the show notes. You can also reach out, send us a message uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And and if you are interested in deepening into your own spirituality through nature, through a luxurious, bougie AF experience (laughs) in Costa Rica, we have five spaces left inside of our Roots to the Stars Costa Rica retreat happening in May 2024. And we would love to invite you to apply. This is in application only. And I will leave the link for that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye.